This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut, the 15th day of October 2021. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. We've got Dan Zampano coming up in a few minutes. We actually taped the interview last night. Uh, He is in the middle of uh, final exams uh, in graduate school down at Liberty University down in Virginia. So he was not able to be out with us live this morning. So we taped the interview last night. We're going to have that coming up uh, for you in just a minute or so. Uh, but before we get to that, of course, the big news from last night, the Los Angeles Dodgers take out the San Francisco Giants, the Giants who won the regular season title in the NL West, uh, lose three games to two to the Dodgers. The Dodgers win last night 2-1. to one. Cody Bellinger with a big hit. In the ninth inning to give the Dodgers the go-ahead run. Max Scherzer, who has never had a save in his major league career, comes out of the bullpen last night, pitches the ninth inning, uh, strikes out two, picks up the save. Kenley Jansen with the win, and the Dodgers advance to take on the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. A lot of controversy in this one because of the way the game ended. Um, With the check swing punch out of Wilmer Flores on the replay. You can clearly see that Flores did not swing. He checked his swing. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The, the umpire at the end of the game uh, came as close as any umpire is ever going to come to telling you he blew the call. He looked at it afterwards and he said, well, you know, when, you know, when I'm doing it live, I don't have the uh, the luxury of the multiple angles, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, uh, and that's what he left it at. But that's him telling you that it wasn't a strike, you know, that he, he should have still been alive at, with a one-two count. But here's the deal. Flores was down, no balls and two strikes. It was, you know, whether, it was, whether he checked it or not, you're facing the guy that very well may win the Cy Young in the National League. He's got you down in the count. Even if you check your swing there, or they say you did, it's one and two. The odds are not in your favor, you know, and <laughs> there was no, you know, it wasn't like, uh, uh, you know, it was a three, two count, right? I mean, chances were he was probably going to strike out anyway. Um, it doesn't help giant fans and, you know, giant fans, I guess were pretty irate. They actually went on to, uh, Wikipedia last night and, uh, and did some stuff to uh, to disparage the result of the game, or talking about what the Dodge, that the Dodgers escaped, and uh, but whatever. I mean, look, it, it was a great game, uh, and Logan Webb, who got the start for San Francisco, put in his second outstanding performance in the playoffs. He went seven last night. You don't see starting pitchers going seven very often. Gave up just four hits and a run. Uh, look, overall, uh, both these teams pitched their asses off last night. You know, Dave Roberts switched things up. Everybody thought uh, Julio Urias was going to get the start. He decided, Dave Roberts did, to go with Corey Knable as an opener. 
at the last minute. So Knable gets the start. He goes the first inning. You know, then he goes to Brewster Gratterall for an inning. Then they bring in Urias, who pitched four innings, gave up three hits and a run. The only run that he gave up was a home run to Darren Ruff uh, in the sixth inning. And that was after the Dodgers had taken a one nothing lead in the top of the sixth. Ruff tied it up right away in the bottom uh, with a blast to dead center field. But then after that, Blake Trinan, Kenley Jansen, and Max Scherzer. Look, the Dodgers went, gave up just six hits and a run. They struck out 13 batters. They walked nobody. And San Francisco, same thing. With in addition to Webb, uh, they struck out eight, walked just one, only gave up eight hits, two runs. You know, it was a well-played, well-pitched game. It was a fitting end to this series. Um, am I surprised the Dodgers won? No, not really. Look, I, there was one game that separated these two teams all season, and everybody kept expecting the Giants to fall flat on their faces because they were without a doubt the story of the season this year without a doubt Gabe Kapler their manager wins manager of the year in the National League and rightly so but uh, you know the Dodgers are loaded Mookie Betts you know big players come up in big spots Mookie Betts last night a perfect four for four he had 450 in this series you know so Mookie came up big uh, they had to overcome an error by uh, uh, Turner in the th- in the uh, ninth inning you know, Turner was the happiest guy in America that they punched out Wilmer Flores last night because it took him off the hook. But, uh, you know, but just a well-played game, a great series. And I expect the Dodgers to buzzsaw their way through the Atlanta Braves. Uh, you know, the Dodgers won the regular season series with Atlanta four games to two. The Dodgers just are – they're better. They're just better. Uh, you know, you look at the starting rotation with Scherzer – and, you know, even without Clayton Kershaw, they've still got Walker Bueller and Urias, and then they can go to that opener situation for game four. Um, they're just stacked. There's no no other way to put it. And, look, Atlanta's rotation isn't bad. Max Fried had a nice season for them. Uh, Ian Anderson pitched very well this year. He pitched well in the postseason as well. Charlie Morton. You know, look, he's an up-and-down kind of guy, but during the regular season, he won 14 games and had an ERA in the mid-threes. So, you know, they'll be able to hold their own. I just think this Dodger team has too much. Uh, And, of course, the Red Sox and the Houston Astros begin their series in the ALCS tonight, uh, 8 o'clock on Fox. Um, It's hard for me to pick the Red Sox to win this series. You know, my, my heart really wants them to win this. My head says they don't have a prayer. They have decided that Chris Sale will get the start in game one. That surprises me a little bit, especially considering Sale has not been great in the postseason. Uh, wasn't great. You know, look, he pitched a couple of decent games down the stretch, but it was against the Baltimore Orioles. So it's kind of hard to get too excited about that. Uh, right now, he's a two-pitch pitcher. He's got the slider and the fastball. He has no command over that changeup, and I'm really nervous about this. There are no gaps in that Houston Astros lineup. They are... Uh, loaded. I mean, and they don't strike out. You know, so the Red Sox are going to have their hands full. You know, I hope they can pull it off. I'd love to see a rematch of the Red Sox and Dodgers. And look, the Dodgers are going to be the odds-on favorite to win the whole thing now. They kind of were before the season started. Now getting past the Giants, there is no doubt everybody believes they are the team to beat. And uh, I have a hard time seeing anybody beating them, including the Red Sox, if they manage somehow Uh, to get past the Houston Astros. But then again, the Red Sox weren't even supposed to be in the postseason. 
You know, they were supposed to be a 500 team at best. That's what everybody thought. And so they've already shocked a lot of people by doing what they have. It's 15 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to run the interview that I taped with Dan Zampano last night, breaking down last week's NFL games and giving you his preview uh, of the games this week. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. And as we are most Fridays, I have to say most Fridays because he was not here last week. Then again, neither was I. Dan Zampano joins us to talk NFL football. Dan, how uh, how you doing, my friend? We got lots to get to this morning, and I know you got final exams down there. So uh, uh, you managing to stay sane? Somehow, some way, I don't know if anybody else is going to survive it through when, through when I'm done with my wrath. But I'll tell you that uh, I missed you because I think we had so many games last week. I felt like a sausage grinder game. We never got to do the yeah. kind of post Brady Patriots thing going on. But you know what? That's okay. I feel good about this week. The world turns. We keep going, and it's another fantastic week of NFL football. Well, before we get to the actual games, we have to talk about the biggest news that has broken in this last week, and that, of course, is the resignation of John Gruden. And you can call it a resignation if you want, but Mark Davis said, you either resign or I fire you. I mean, there's no question in my mind that was the case. And and it had to be difficult for Davis because he wanted Gruden so badly, but he didn't have any choice here, did he? I imagine the conversation after Friday and those first emails came out, uh, we were going to see what would happen with that. And I imagine the NFL called Mark Davis and said, you take care of this or we We will. will, And (laughs) uh, then the leaks on Monday, uh, once those came out out of the New York Times, there was no surviving this. I think that, you know, it is to be said that uh, Gruden clearly I mean, he's clearly this type of guy that is uh, no holding back. Now, I imagine that after that, there were plenty of NFL coaches that were going back into their emails and calling their agents <laughs> and saying, hey, um, yeah. remember that thing? Yeah. Let's let's scrap, let's scrap that, you know, going back into the time hop. Um, obviously, it was disturbing what was said. Um the more interesting, I think, part of it, though, and obviously I think Gruden does get what he deserves. I think, you know, you're not going to survive that. But I would say this. I would say that the NFL did a very, very interesting job of leaking specific information mm-hmm. out of this Washington football team investigation. Um, and that with these 600,000 emails, apparently, that have been sent out, my question is, you know, I do think that John Gruden got what he deserved. These were, what, seven, eight years ago? Right. These were emails that were sent out. Yep. Um, it is kind of telling on the part of the NFL and on the part of ESPN to not mention that these were sent while he was an ESPN employee. But, like, the speci- the specificity that goes through to Roger Goodell, uh, specifically in those emails, it does call into question some of the motivation and who ordered the code red. So <laughs> I I want to I want to know, Lieutenant Weinberg. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm very interested. Yeah. Well, I agree. And um, if you think that there was not some uh, uh, that Roger Goodell was not striking back, you're you're an idiot. And I don't mean you, but I mean anybody. 
But but here's you know here's the thing. I think here's the bigger question, and I think you 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 hit on it when you said there were some other head coaches talking to their agents and saying, "Hey, well, you know, remember this." Well, and here's the problem. There is a culture around the sport of football, and not just at the pro level, at the at the high school level, at the college level, at, hell, at the pee wee level. It's a very macho sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the the the. And I said this on my show, the comments that he made, for instance, about, you know, uh, gay athletes. Yeah, that didn't surprise me because, uh, you know, if you've been around football at all, you have heard coaches call their athletes a number of uh, homophobic slurs, uh, mm-hmm. questioning their manhood. That is not yep. uncommon. It's I've heard it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the biggest problem with what John Gruden did, it was. And let me let me let me be clear about this. The the homophobic slurs are wrong, okay? But what's right. worse is that you are coaching a sport that is populated eighty percent with black players, and yet you are making racial comments, racial slurs, and that is the majority of your roster. That to me is even more disturbing. Then the misogynistic comments about the female referees and the comments about gay players. To me, that's even more insulting and more disturbing, that part of it. Yeah, and, you know, you can claim, you know, that that wasn't meant to be a racist trope or whatever. But, you know, Uh you you have to be more self-conscious about exactly what you're saying. Like, come on. Right. Like, let's be real here. And, you know, you're absolutely 100% right on this, is that the culture, it's not just across football either. I mean, no, baseball, no. Oh, no. hockey, right. basketball, right. this is not uncommon. Right. Now, what happens in locker rooms stays in locker rooms, usually, usually until, yeah. you know, books come out years later or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, but in regards to this, sending an email, sending a, pri- a, a private email yeah. to the executive of a team. Yeah, what are you thinking? Oh, about, about, gay players right. or about gay uh, about Michael Sam right. and Jeff Fisher right. about Demora Smith about Goodell topless photos of cheerleaders right. like like this is really just like how many times have we heard it from Herm Edwards think before you send like is, you know it's junior high is, school it's junior high school stuff it, it really is and and you know there were a lot of reporters that came out this week. Is like you should be at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis and see what these guys. Oh, do. I, I, mean, I know. You know, yeah. after 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 Urban Meyer's whole thing, and now this thing, it's like, man, like the culture there is obvious that like, you know, it's a good old boys club, and if you're not in the club, you don't really understand. And I'm not saying that it's right. Clearly, it's wrong what they're doing, um, but that's an explanation to why this may have occurred. It's just the guy being an idiot is right. what it is. Yeah. It's just that's plain and simple what it is. And and Gruden probably deserves he does deserve uh the fate that he is now in, you know. We will never see John Gruden again. No. He's no. not getting it, on a, he's over. not getting on a television show. He's not getting on a radio show. He's just going to fade away. Yeah. I mean, that's what has to happen to him. He's going to fade away. You know, and was, I was thinking about this, you know, uh, John Madden, one of my favorite all time people. Right. You know, when he retired, he just kind of faded away. You never hear from John Madden anymore. Right. But we're not going to hear from John Gruden either. But it's going to be for a completely different reason. He, it's going to be like he never existed. And if you're ESPN, that's the other part of this that really bothers me. ESPN, in my opinion, has stopped being a bastion of journalism years ago. 
And now with comments, uh, you know, a story came out this week about Adam Schefter sending a story to the to the to the uh, Washington football team for the owner to go over and, and ask if you know you want to edit this for me you know and now they got this thing with John Gruden while he was an employee there they want to like you know like no we have nothing to do with this come on right. you know that's yeah. that's a problem and, and they're one Where of the big the they're one of the, yeah, yeah and we're they're one of the big partners for the NFL and and, and if you're right. the NFL how can you just let ESPN skate on that right exactly i think at this point in time uh there probably is that feeling that Gruden is gone. He'll be expunged from the annals of history in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm more than likely. I would I, think. I do think I would think that. I do think that it does take a long time for these to subside. And regardless of like John Gruden won a Super Bowl in this league. Yes. Like it's not going to. I don't think in the long run. He has to obviously come out and apologize and do the things that he does. I mean, we thought this way about Michael Vick when right. that, that stuff happened, you know, all these different things. Um, what does he does he suffer the fate of a guy like Vick where he can come back and, you know, I don't think reassess so. and do his thing? Or is he more on the Aaron Hernandez side of it? Yeah, I think I mean, well, you know, like, I, well, I don't want to I don't want to go as far as and Aaron I'm not Hernandez. comparing <laughs> I'm not comparing the two. But yeah, I'm but, not comparing the two, but like I think it's more how towards, they were expunged yeah. from the histories of, of, of the football. I think it's more towards that side than it is Michael Vick. Michael Vick has been able to rehabilitate himself to a degree. There are still people that are never going to forgive Michael Vick for what he did. Right. You know, um, but uh, it's going to be really hard. And I'm and I'm a person that believes in second chances. OK. Yeah. But it's hard for me to see a route for anybody being willing to because it wasn't just like one mistake. Right with Gruden, it wasn't just one thing, you know. He lashed out at everybody, you know. He the, did. O- the only people he didn't go after were you and me, right? You know, I it's, mean, it's very true. It's very true. But uh, it's it's just that these emails, and I think that these emails obviously are sent seven or eight years ago. Like, where is he at now? Like, obviously he's not going to be able to survive this, and he shouldn't. Like, I'm not saying that he should. What I am saying is that does this guy have an opportunity later on? Uh, to apologize, to make it right, and are people going to accept them? That's the question. I, I, and I yeah, and yeah. I just I'm not sure. I'm not sure how far it goes now. He's, he, it'll be used almost as a political pawn at at that point. I, I think, and that's what I fear. Yeah, I think it. And I think if that does happen, it's going to be when John Gruden is 85 years old and has been right. diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm serious. You know, I, <laughs> I hate to laugh, well, but, but, but you know, <laughs> but you know, here, here is here is a good example. Mm-hmm. You know what he's going to be? This is going to be like Richard Nixon. Yeah. When Richard Nixon left in disgrace, it wasn't until Richard Nixon was at the end of his life where people started to kind of look at things and say, well, you know, he really wasn't as bad as, you know, and, and he did some good things and, you know, and, and I think, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be something like that. I just don't see how when John, John Gruden can be at all relevant in the next 20 years. I just don't. I, I, here's the difference between, I mean, people say he did some good things, this and that. John Gruden was a horrible head coach he, he after he won the yeah, Super Bowl. Yes, he was. Like he was not a good coach. Yeah. And honestly, like that might be a blessing in disguise from the team's perspective. Like it's, <laughs> it's honestly, and, and, you know, you never wish any ill will on anybody, obviously. Right. But from a team and football perspective, it actually might be a good. They might be better off. One other thing before we move on to the actual games, um, the, the other part about this is with all the, uh, the hundreds of thousands of emails. Now you have 
people saying, but we want to see them all. You know, and I think you can't go Not down. You can't go down that rabbit hole because can you imagine the stuff that you know? I mean, they'd be like firing everybody. Oh, know? I would love to go down that rabbit hole. Wow. I think that would be great. I, I, I want, I want the tap. Bring me the National Enquirer of the NFL, please. Like, let's get it all out. Why in six hundred thousand emails? Is only emails with John Gruden involved? Well, yeah, like that, that's what that, I want to know. Okay, but but, like, he, but here's the thing: there's six hundred thousand emails right. here between the Washington Football Team. Who else was involved in this? What is the Dan Snyder like Bruce Allen uh, phenomenon here? Like, well, are they going to? Is there anything that they found in there? And if there isn't, what was the point of this investigation in the first place? Obviously, there was obviously there was problems, you know, going on in, inside the organization. They were claimed, but if there's nothing there. Like. Why? What kind of investigation are you running here, where you only show up with emails from John Gruden of of him calling slurs of, of people? Well, there like, may, that's what I want to know. But there may be there may be some stuff. But the, the problem is, Dan, is is that it may not just be stuff with Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. There might be stuff from other teams, from other coaches, from other general managers. I mean, this when you think about it, if six hundred thousand emails, there's going to be a lot of names involved, right? And you could go down all through all those, and before you know it, we could have carnage in the NFL. It wouldn't be, you know, and that's, I think, part of the problem the NFL has to deal with here is that, you know, you don't want to dismantle your league. I know this is, look, this is the most powerful sports league outside of maybe, you know, the English Premier League. It's the most powerful professional sports league in the world. How far do you go in risking the integrity of your league with this? That's I think the, that's you're the risking. Question. I I think you're risking the integrity of the league by not releasing them. Yeah, it's because it's showing the okay. it's showing the public that this is some type of move by the commissioner of the league in response to these emails specifically against Gruden. Is this the, and that's is this the Richard Nixon like the blank tapes and the and the recording session? This is what it seems. This is what it seems like. I mean, yeah. where's Deep Throat on this? You know, like that's. I'm waiting for yeah. the shoe to drop. And by the way, so there's wrongs going on in these emails. So that means that they shouldn't be released. And that you don't think that there's other NFL coaches and executives out there that want a piece of the NFL? Like, it's, it's the transparency hypocrisy that that plagues the the league office, and it's. It's nauseating at times, and, well, and, and it's just the way it is. I, it, here's the thing. We're not going to get to the bottom of this anytime soon. I no, we're not. You know, I don't think they're going to release the emails. It's going to be it, – I, I would be willing to bet you at some point somebody's going to file a lawsuit to try to get them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, I don't know what the lawsuit would be. I mean, I, mean, I don't either. John Gruden, John Gruden or Bruce Allen's the only one that can file that lawsuit. Right. I mean, it, it would have to be one of them, and I don't see that happening. I so. know. I don't either. But it's going to be interesting. I can see somebody, you know, like, uh, you know, this, the, the, some of those cheerleaders that were involved in the whole, that got the oh, whole thing started. Yeah. I could see them trying to go after this. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's get to some actual games because this – I feel like I need to take a shower after just talking about this. <laughs> yeah. And I already showered today. So, uh, all no, right. politics, that wouldn't do that. Yeah. All right. Let's start last week. Uh, we did not get to talk about Tom Brady against the New England Patriots. But, you know, it was funny. When you and I talked at the start of the season, I was like, you know, how long do we believe in Tom Brady? And you were like, till he's dead. You know, you're like, until, mm-hmm. you know, you know. And, and just when you think – you know, Tom Brady can't get better. This guy goes out and does something last week that he's never done in his career. 
He throws for over 400 yards and five touchdowns in the same time for the first time in his 22-year career. I'm telling you what, this guy is absolutely amazing. He might live to be 200 years old. I mean, is oh, there? Um, I, I mean, it's just like the. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, because why? Because because he can. Because he's the only person that can. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. It there doesn't seem to be anything this guy can't do. That's why I put an MVP future sticking on him right before before the season. It was the first thing I looked at. And I said, second year in that in that offense. Yep, that's going to be a doozy. I mean, that it, it is, it is unfathomable what he is doing and at the age he's doing it. But at this point, I'm really not surprised. Yeah, I, I really, I really think that what he has done uh, has just transformed the way we look at athletes playing football into their, into like the twilight of their careers. Like the twilight is now going to be late thirties, early forties. Right. He's going to push those boundaries maybe to early forties, mid forties. Like that's that's really what it's going to come down to. And you know the Bucks have been really, really good, obviously for this entire season. Um, the game against the Patriots, obviously that was a classic and it was a Belichick mastermind, but still at the end, you know, Brady was able to sneak out with it. And I think what happened was, I think he was so relieved after that game and just having it being over that he just played so loose against Miami and just throttled them. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you want to see, you can drown a dolphin. Uh, he did it. Like that's exactly <laughs> what he did. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Antonio Brown is well, been and that, unbelievable. That was the other guy we were going to talk about. Antonio Brown. You know, this is a guy that you know he's thirty three years old. A lot of times, thirty three year old receivers are kind of towards the end of their career. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what a game he had last week. I mean, it's re- incredible. I mean, ten different people caught passes last week. Yeah, that that team to me is still the best team in the NFC. I don't think it's a question. Yeah, and and and, and you, you still you go back to week one and you go, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> you know, I mean, when you look at what they've done since you, I still don't understand it. And what the other part of this is, is I don't care who the quarterback of the Dolphins is. I don't care whether it's Jacoby Brissett. I don't care whether it's two. I don't care. Who it is. The Dolphins are not a good football team. No, you know, no, they're not. And, uh, they, they have major issues. Oh, major, major. You major know, issues. I mean, talk about a team. You know, this might be they might be the team that, that has regressed the most from last season. They, they showed some promise last year at times. You know, um, Gene. Yeah, the Patriots lost to that team. I know. That's I, I, I know. It, that is embarrassing. You know, I watched this game last week, and I just was like, "This is an awful football team." And how yeah. did the Patriots lose to them? And yet, now I know why. Because I saw the Patriots last week almost lose to the worst team in football, well, yeah. or the second. <laughs> I don't know whether they're worse or whether Jacksonville's worse, but if it weren't for a you know Houston trying to get cute with that little punt you know and hitting the guy in the back and you know if it changed the whole game yeah, yeah it did but if it weren't for that they lose that game and the season's over yes and it may yeah. be over anyway because when you look at their upcoming schedule i think they're going to go one and three in their next four games and they're going to be out of it anyway it's going to be hard it's going to be hard but you, you know i thought that the performance was one of the worst performances i've seen obviously in the first half they were atrocious on defense. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen play, ten minute drive <laughs> to, to start, start the game, the yeah. game <laughs> yes. on Davis freaking Mills. Yeah. Like, what on earth? I mean, McCordy had a horrendous game. J.C. Jackson had a terrible game. Kyle Duggar. I mean, so many guys in this that secondary coming off of such a monumental performance against the Buccaneers. Yeah. Like where they shut them down. Right. 
And you go to Houston and you play like that. I mean, Houston really has been a house of horrors for the Patriots the last couple of years, yep. to be honest with you. They lost last year. They lost the year before that there. I mean, it has not been kind to them. But I will say there is something to be said about coming back in that game and winning that game because they could have laid down. Yes. They, they could have laid down. Is it a good team they beat? No. But the rookie quarterback coming through in the clutch situation yep. to lead them back is a sign of progress. Well, that, and I'll tell you what, you know, Nick Folk is just uh, ste- nailed. Steady Eddie. Yeah. I mean, he's, yep. you know, it's unbelievable. If, if, he's, if he can stay healthy, you know, I mean, he has been as reliable as it gets. I mean, two 52 yard field goals in that game. Um, Turning into a folk legend, I think. Yeah, huh? he, oh. <laughs> uh, the other positive from last week the tight ends finally showed up. Yes, huge. I mean, Hunter Henry huge. with a huge game. And, you know, I mean, Jono Smith not as much, but still, you know, they're finally getting some return on all the money they spent on those two tight ends. You know, and maybe, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know whether it's the sign of things to come. I don't know whether Josh McDaniels is finally listening to some of the criticism. I don't know what it is, but maybe Mac Jones is just starting to become more comfortable with those guys. And maybe Hunter Henry becomes a bigger part of this offense. And I think he has to if they're going to be successful. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's too athletic to not use him in the red zone. They finally did. And that was a great throw by Mac to make in that corner of the end zone to get that. Yep. The problem, that I mean, we've been talking about it the entire season, but the offensive line, yep. I honestly think they had four guys out. And I honestly think the guys that played on Sunday were much better than the starters. I mean, <laughs> much, much better. Like, I, the, everybody's, everybody's uh, keister is on the line. This yeah. week, yeah. I mean, like the the jobs are wide open. So have at it, fellas. Let's create some real competition on the offensive line because we can't block anybody, and we got to start figuring it out. Well, and 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 that's and and the perfect team to figure it out against is coming in this week with Dallas because they're actually going to be somewhat of a challenge to block Parsons, to block Gregory, to block some of those guys. It's not an overwhelming defense. I wouldn't say that. I say they've been really, really good, yeah. and they've gotten a lot of turnovers. But I think they are definitely a beatable defense. Whether they can stop the offense, that's a different story. Well, and here's the the other part about the you know the offensive line is a problem. The other problem, and you you've already mentioned it, is their secondary is terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they you know, and with Dak Prescott coming in, scares the hell out of me. You know, and I just think, and, and he and he could have played this week anyway. But thinking about the fact that they basically gave Stephon Gilmore away. You know, as bad as your secondary is, you gave him away for what a six round draft pick. Six round. I mean, you that know, was horrendous. I mean, you know, and and I'm sorry. To me, this is Bill Belichick being an idiot. This is Bill Belichick. This is Bill Belichick's ego getting in the way. Yeah, in my opinion, and I think this might be. I don't want to be over overly dramatic, but this may be one of the biggest mistakes he's ever made personnel wise. Just to spite this guy. Is, is why he did this. Yeah, well, they. If, I mean, it made no sense to even keep him on the roster this year. Right. I mean, why was he here? Right. When why you could have gotten trade value for him last year at the trade deadline. Exactly. We talked about that all, all last yes. year. We aren't going to the playoffs. Get rid of Gilmore. He can. You can get a big return, third, second-round pick for him. Yeah. And what did they do? They held on to him way too long, tried to make some side deal about – him playing half the season for the contract that he's under now, and guess what? Now he's gone, and you got a, you got Bupkis for it. 
Fuck right. this. That's yeah. that's what you got for it. I get to to the Panthers. So, you know, I agree with you. I don't know whether that secondary is bad or not. I would say that they obviously had a really bad game on Sunday. I still think that the strength of that defense, because I have not been convinced yet that the Patriots' defensive line can stop the run. Right. Can't be convinced of it. When right. Davis Mills drops back to pass a million times, and Matt Judon and Jamie Collins, that he's now here, and, and all these other guys can get after him, yeah, they can get after the quarterback right. a little bit. Right. But – can you stop the run? If well, Dallas starts running the football, yeah. they're toast. I mean, I, I still haven't seen it. They have to figure out a way to get more leverage up front. They just have to do it. Well, yeah, and you can't. I mean, they only gave up 67 yards on the ground last week, but it was Houston. So you can't you can't get too carried away with that, right? Yes, yeah. Houston lost their left tackle right, right out of the gates of the game. Like, right. There's not a lot of to go off of, and I'm still concerned that if a team comes in there like Dallas and runs the football, it's going to be painful. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. All right. Um, game of the week last week. The Los Angeles Chargers over your Cleveland Browns. Oh, stab me in the heart. Why don't that? You? Yeah, but you know what? Regard that was an unbelievable game. Now you can say, you know, I think that the Chargers got a little help. Uh, from the referees, a lot of help you on know, that pass interference. That was call. not. I don't believe that was pass interference. I, you know, I, I think they got a bit of a gift there, but at the same time, they still had to take advantage of that gift, and they did. And I'm telling you what, Herbert was unreal. I mean, he essentially what 400 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, and Baker Mayfield had a good game himself and got beat. You know, the most impressive, the most impressive part of it, twenty-three minutes of ball control for the Chargers. Yeah, they put up 47, forty-seven points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's insane, and yeah. that's Mahomes-level stuff. Yep, like that really is. And I mean, the guy is unbelievable. Every time the Browns would march their way down the field, run the football on the Chargers. Chargers can't stop the run to save their lives. We know that, yep. but. The, the every time they did it, Herbert right back at you, like in a couple of plays, like well, it, and it didn't matter. And and you know where it counted was down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And how many times have we said this? I think not only the play calling of Kevin Stefanski kind of kind of went by the wayside in the fourth quarter, but Baker Mayfield has been horrendous in the fourth quarter. I mean, right. horrendous. He just can't. He, I don't know what it is. That arm is getting a little sore. It's not your throwing arm, so I'm not really sure what the problem is here. But like. Like running a draw play on third and nine, right. when, when you're gonna you're gonna give the ball back to this after they missed an extra point, and and gave you the game, right. like you're gonna give the ball back to this guy, like what are we doing there, Stefanski? Like it it was it was a house of horrors for the Browns in that last five minutes of that game, and credit the Chargers, man, they did what they had to do, they did what they had to do, and there, I as I said last week and two weeks ago when I told you, I said I think they're the best team in the AFC West. And I think they're starting to garner some attention as the best team in the AFC. I'm not sure yet, but, you know, there's there's a good case for them to probably be getting some calls about AFC champion contender here. And the team that everybody thought was the best team in the AFC got absolutely spanked by the Wax. Buffalo Bills last week. I mean, uh, the Kansas City, that was a beatdown. I mean, it was 38-20, to 20 and it wasn't that close. You know, it really wasn't. And the the but the thing that amazed me, and I talked we, we talked about this before we started the the interview. Um Andy Reid said, We never saw this coming. Well, 
my question is, what the hell defense have you been watching all year? Because you haven't been able to stop anybody. You know, oh. you know, we never saw this coming. I, I, I mean, it's, 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 it, that's borderline incompetent. I mean, poor Chiefs, poor Andy, poor, poor Prince of Darkness, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> poor Tyreek Hill, poor Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Please spare me. The Chiefs are horrendous, yep. horrendous on defense, horrendous. Top five all time. All time worst defenses according to the advanced metrics. I mean, it is bad. But let me tell you something. We don't talk about this because apparently we're not allowed to say this out loud. Okay. Patrick Mahomes ain't been that good. No. Like, no. let's face it. Why? Why? He's yeah. he's not been very good. No. He's got six interceptions in five games. Yeah. Yeah. His quarterback, I mean, quarterback yeah. rating last week was seventy. I, Patrick Mahomes has just been very casual, just fling the ball up in the air. I mean, I, you know, and and just try to make a crazy play. He is very impatient right now, and teams have figured out, hey, double hill, and then worry about everybody else. Right. Like, that's it. That's the game plan. Because they're just going to try these smoke and mirror plays and, you know, do all their weird formations at the goal line, and it's always a shovel pass and this and that and the other. Guess what? Josh Allen just ran your face through. Well, so it- what are you going to do about that? Well, your defense, your, your offense just got dominated by the Bills' defense because you're predictable. Like at this point, if it's just about speed and it's just about talent, and there's no scheme involved here, and obviously there's scheme involved with Andy Reid, but the scheme is, you know, oversaturated flash, then you're not going to win football games that way. Right. And it's been proven that guess what? The league's a lot better than it was when the Patriots were the only team you had to worry about. You know, um, I've been a critic of Josh Allen because I I don't think he's a very efficient quarterback. And, you know, you look at his quarterback rating from last week, it was great. But he wasn't very efficient throwing the football in this game either. He was 15 of 26. It's not anything to write home about. But he threw for 315 yards. He also ran for 15. He had a run of the game, that that, that hurdle that he had. And I, Oh, he looked like he looked like Jordan out yeah, there. Yeah, I great. mean, you know, three touchdowns. He didn't throw any interceptions. But he hasn't – his his efficiency isn't what you would expect. But, man, I'll tell you what, the big plays that he is able to get time after time after time – is just, it's amazing. I mean, so, the, you know, I we thought this Bills team might take a step back. I'm not so sure about that anymore, Dan. I, I think they might have taken a step forward, to yeah. be quite honest with you. I mean, it's, it, you know, they're not going sideways. They're not going backwards. There's only one way to go. You know, I mean, it's it's the point now. I think Dayball, Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator, has been fantastic at calling plays. I would say this. I think Josh Allen has been great. Again, you're right. I, think, I don't think the metrics really are telling us that he's like MVP level, but he's been very, very good. Right. Uh, I would say sneakily that the Bills have actually been running the football a little bit better than than in previous years. And adding that dimension to it is going to make it really hard and a lot of pressure is going to be put on because Allen is so good with his feet. Right. But like Zach Moss, you know, getting the ball to him a lot more. I, I think that's been really key to their success as well. So And the defense. The defense of the Bills is killing everybody. I mean, if you want to talk about top five worst defenses of all time, I think the Bills are in like the top six like defenses of all time through the first five weeks of the game really? for our first five weeks of the year, they have been ridiculous by a mile. They are the best defense in football. So uh, this team is gelling. They're gelling. Can they keep it going throughout the whole rest of the season? We're going to find out the, uh, the heartbreaker of the week. And, and I guess that's what we call it or the collapse of the week belongs to the Indianapolis Colts. Hmm. 
a 22-3 lead with three minutes to go in the third quarter, and you lose. Remind you of someone? <laughs> I, 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 all I could think of was the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I was thinking about the Falcons a couple or, of, or a the couple Falcons, of Super Bowls yeah, the, ago. Yeah, that too, but well, that was even worse, I guess. But but yeah. you know, here's the thing: uh, it was all of it was like Lamar Jackson all of a sudden said, "Oh, I guess I better start playing a little bit," and he just took the game over in the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth, and that was that was it. It was game was over. I mean, he ends up throwing yeah. for four hundred and forty-two yards and four touchdowns. Uh, right now, he's got to be the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. Uh, I disagree, but that's okay. okay. Who, I think he's got? been who you got. Uh, I I have I have plenty of people over him. Actually, yeah. I have I would have Kyler Murray. I would have Tom Brady. I would have Matt Stafford. I would see, have I, I see, Herbert. I, yeah. I would have okay. all those guys okay. probably over Lamar. Not to say that Lamar has been bad. Maybe but Lamar right. has been otherworldly. Maybe, he has. Maybe he's the MVP of the AFC. How about that? We'll go. We'll go there. Ah, uh, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Like I I I appreciate the sentiment for him because I do think that he. Is going to garner some votes by the years, and I have a future sticking on him. But Dan, I, I, I agree with him. But Dan, hang on a second. All right, yeah, go for it. This guy, this guy accounted for five hundred and four yards of offense last week. Four hundred and forty-two in the air and sixty-two on the ground. He, mm-hmm. he did. He he had most of the offense for that entire team. Yeah, he does. There's no question about that. He played. It basically played well for one quarter. I mean. To be honest with you, like I, I, I'm not here to criticize Lamar Jackson. What he did was amazing. I just don't think he's an MVP candidate right now because okay. I just think there are guys that have been better than him. Okay. Lamar is unbelievable. I'm a huge fan of Lamar. Uh, what I would say was it was an inexcusable loss from the Colts. You cannot lose that game, right. period, end of story, print it. Uh, Lamar was ridiculous in that fourth quarter. It was ridiculous the plays he was making, getting out of – uh, you know, circ- I mean, he looked like he looked like, you know, a kangaroo out there. He was just jumping out of his <laughs> jumping out of those cuts. I mean, he was yeah. incredible. Uh, I would say, though, my assessment of the Ravens so far is a hard one to gauge because I feel like they've been super lucky in a lot of these in a lot of these spots. I mean, that Lions well, the, game, they yeah, should the have doink. lost that yeah, game. Yeah. The doink, yeah. this game, I mean, Hot Rod misses that field goal. The guy, I don't know what was wrong with him. His hips, he's not feeling too well, like. You know, his girlfriend broke up with him. I don't know what happened with that kid. <laughs> but, you know, it was almost – I was, like, freaking out on the side. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with him? And he misses that kick. I mean, the Ravens have been incredibly fortunate. And I think that they still have things to work through. But, listen, you win in the NFL, no matter how you get it done, you don't ask questions, you move on. Right. Like, that's the way it is. And if Lamar's going to be like that, and if they get healthy and get more receiving core, that's another team that's, like – very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. At any point, can they make that next step is the question. All right, let's get to the uh, games this week. And uh, we're going to start off with perhaps the worst game of the week. <laughs> the line is close, but it is the weekly dumb-off, and that will be between the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The game is in London, which makes it even more exciting. Not. <laughs> uh, you know, by the way, you know, before we get to this, I don't, I don't, I know they've been in you know, going to England for a while, and but now they're going to go to Germany. I don't get it. I don't really get what the NFL really believes they're getting out of this. I, they have to do it. Why? They have. Why? Because 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 the American audience can only go so far. They've been infiltrated by the English Premier League now, like America has been. So they need to infiltrate Europe. 
And Germany is the perfect place for it. England has never been a good place for it. I'll admit that. But it has been generally successful. But Germany is the perfect place for it because there's a lot of fans of the NFL in Germany. There's a, lot of, America, there's a lot of American servicemen over there, too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of military over there. I think that's actually a, a better spot than what they've been doing in England. England just happens to be a giant market in London and all that stuff. But you're right. It is the absolute dumb off. God save the queen for having this game in London. Does Jacksonville finally get a win this week? I know. Look, they're three and a half point underdogs. It's technically a home game for them, but the Dolphins stink. I mean, I know the Jacksonville Jaguars stink too. So, you know, who's going to stink less? <laughs> I think if you and, stink and, more, and you've you got, win. And you've got the Urban Meyer distraction with Jacksonville. You know, there's no way he has any control over that locker room at all. No. So it's like, to me, you know, obviously Flores, like, I'm sure he's incredibly frustrated. Jacoby Brissett is, is got the hammy pull. I don't know if the Dolphins have a quarterback that's healthy. That's the problem here. And I think, honestly, if you stink more, you win the game. Really? It's, that's, the type of, that's, the type of, that's the type of reasoning for this win this okay. weekend. Okay. I'm taking Jacksonville. I Come think on. they're going to win the game. Let's go. Or this is this is a home game. This is their stadium. Right. This is it. Yeah. The London Jaguars. You got to win in this game. Uh, all right. Well, their yo, their owner does own an, an English Premier League team, does he not? If you if he does, if you really want me to pick this game, I I I mean, I have nothing for you. I'm picking the Jaguars simply out of just mediocrity. <laughs> you got, he's one. got nothing. The right. dumber you are, the more likely it is you'll. All right. Let's get to one that's a little bit more entertaining, and you will have something on. The game is at Baltimore. The Chargers at Baltimore. Fascinating game. Uh, Baltimore, a three-point favorite at home. The over-under on this one, by the way, 52 points. So the, the odds makers think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, be careful. A little weather coming in in Baltimore this weekend. Uh, I think that this game is going to really tell us about the Chargers and if they can travel. Uh, they went to Kansas City and they won. Doesn't sound like Kansas City's that great of a team. Uh, this is their first kind of true road test, per se. Uh, I don't want to say Kansas City's a bad team, but clearly their defense is not very good. Ravens' defense, much better uh, than them. And it is a very similar team to what they played last week. Different style of run game, but still a run game nonetheless. And this is where the Chargers really struggle is in the run defense. They have They are the worst team in rushing yards per game. They're giving up 5.3 yards per game on the ground, uh, per carry on the ground. Very, very bad and very concerning. I think Herbert will be good still. Uh, I think both of these teams have been also kind of, you know, they're talented teams, but I I do see some luck still involved in both of these teams. I just like the Ravens at home. I, I think, I think the Ravens coming back home, getting, uh, getting that win. It's a short week for them, which could be, be a little bit dangerous. But I still think the Ravens match up better against the Chargers, and I think I think that's the reason that they'll come through. I think Lamar will have a very big day in this game. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. You know, the thing with the Chargers too, you know, they've won three of the last four games in Kansas City, so they play well in Arrowhead right. anyway. So you know, so I think you're, I I, I think it's hard to read too. It's much a good, it's a week. good, it's a good litmus test for them. We'll see how good they are. All right, this is an interesting game. Um, Minnesota Vikings are at Carolina. Carolina is a one-point favorite at home. Minnesota is a team that I think has underperformed. You know, I mean, I thought you know they've struggled more offensively than I thought they would. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that this is a team that is very hot and cold. 
uh, they've been very volatile. The first couple of weeks they lost on very, very like uh, dramatic ways, and their offense played really, really well the first couple of weeks. And the last two weeks they have just gone dark. I mean, they're off yeah. the grid offensively, right. and a lot of that has to do with Dalvin Cook's injury and you know some of that. But I mean, the Browns really just shut them down two weeks ago. And then last week, I mean, you almost lose. I mean, talk about another another fantastic Lions <laughs> loss. It was just amazing. I mean, these guys are entertaining beyond belief. How it's that incredible. how that entire coaching staff and front office is not are not alcoholics? I don't know. I, I mean, I get why Dan Campbell cried after the game. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would too. Yeah. Um, but man, <laughs> like you, you should have lost that game. Yep. You played horrible offense at home. But three straight games at home. I am fading out the Vikings on the road. I don't think they're a very good team in traveling. Uh, McCaffrey, it would be better if he played in this game, and I'll feel much more comfortable about it. But I think there's a good bounce-back spot for the Panthers who haven't really played well in two weeks either. Uh, that was a brutal loss for them as well against Philadelphia. So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes through, but I do think that the Panthers' defense is going to keep them in this game. And I think as long as Sam, Don- Sam Donald's got to take care of the football, he's got five interceptions in the last two games. He's got to be better. Minnesota's not very good against the pass. I think he will be better, and I think they'll win the game. Another entertaining game this week, the Arizona Cardinals at your Cleveland Browns. The Browns are a three-point favorite at home. Uh, kind of very similar game for the Browns last week, yeah. right? Yeah, like very. Playing a very explosive offense, and I mentioned the Chargers were really bad against the run. Arizona's been horrendous, too. Arizona is second worst Nick against Ch- the run. Nick Chubb might run here. for 150 again this week. Here's the problem. We got Hunt and Chubb not practicing all week. Ooh. So that that has been a little bit of an issue and a little bit of a bugaboo for me in saying, are these guys actually going to play? I mean, I, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about it. But I do think if they play, and, and I, I think generally they will play. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that they won't. So if they do play, uh, I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns uh, mainly because of this. Right. The Browns can run all over Arizona and the weather. I mean, we're looking at like 25, 30 mile an hour winds in Cleveland on Sunday. That's going to be a huge effect on, on Kyler Murray. He is not good traveling to, to cold area places. And it, it's going to be below 60 degrees in this game. Uh, Arizona from the dome to this outdoor thing going on. Mm-hmm. I don't like the vibe. Hopkins has been very, very quiet this year. Uh, I think the Browns can get after him. Uh, I think this is a big game for Miles Garrett to try and to you know, really step up for this Browns team. I think honestly, it might be a surprise blowout by the Browns. All right, this uh, this next one, uh, the Raiders are going to Denver, and uh, obviously the Gruden distraction. Denver, a three and a half point favorite at home, but Denver's another team that you know they're kind of they're kind of an enigma right now. I'm not quite sure what to make. Yeah. you know I mean, who the heck are the broncos right that's really? exactly so you know the question i think becomes here uh can the raiders shake off the distraction that they have had all week and the questions they've had to answer and and play a good game this weekend i don't know i mean i i think that obviously they're answering a lot of questions most of it's going to the front office i mean you got guys that you know nasib taking the taking the day off you know not practicing you know for whatever reason, like, you know, take it off fine. But, you know, from a football standpoint, it, it does make me a little uncomfortable. Yep. I would say that taking taking this team 
Uh, this is a really tough one at mile high. Raiders have historically really not been great here. Um, but I do think I do think there's something to be said about the rallying around each other. Like I th- I think they eventually will rally around. I again, like I said, I think it's a addition by subtraction with Gruden from a football standpoint. I like the coach that they've got in there. There's going to be a tough defense to play, but Denver's I don't think Denver's fully healthy, and I'm not sure what's going on with Teddy Bridgewater the last couple of weeks. He plays a, he plays an actual defense like with a pass rush. Yep. Uh, they're, they're, he kind of he kind of turns into a pumpkin here. So. I will very reluctantly take the Raiders. I don't love that oh, game. Though. I did not see that coming. Okay. All right. The Dallas Cowboys are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Patriots. And, Dan, if it's me, I don't think three-and-a-half's enough. <laughs> I think it should be bigger. Oh, ye of little faith. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? After watching that secondary last week and realizing that Dak – Dak Prescott's been hotter than hell. You know, I'm very concerned about the, and, and 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 Ezekiel Elliott on top of it. You know, I think CeeDee Lamb could have 175 yards receiving next week again, or this week against Patriots. Uh, I I think that's going to be the main issue is who do you cover and who do you put on who? Right. I mean, is is I mean, they were also missing Jalen Mills last week, but Jalen Mills Jalen Mills has seen plenty of the Cowboys coming from Philly, but I'm not sure he's seen very good times. That's the only thing. <laughs> uh, uh, you know. Amari seems as if he is healthy yep. uh, for the most part. Um, CD Lamb's going to be a major problem. I think JC Jackson probably is going to have to follow him all all the game. Uh, I think you mix and match coverages here, though. It, it's going to be a hard game. There's no question about it. The Patriots have to do something that they've done to a lot of teams. They have to rely on the other coach being an idiot. And Mike McCarthy will be an idiot okay. most of the time. So they might be able to keep it close um, is what you're saying. They, I, I think they can definitely keep it close. I mean, listen, I mean, we just saw what they did with Tampa. Okay. Like, don't I, I do not dismiss them at home, primetime. It's not a primetime game, but it's America's game of the week. Right. 4.30 kick. Um, you know, I do not dismiss them. Maybe I'm crazy for believing in them and that, that a rally can happen mm-hmm. off of a win like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll take them one more time. I'll, I'll I'll take them. I'll take the Patriots to win the game. I oh. think they'll just find a way to win. I know that sounds crazy. Yep. But I took them. I took them on the spread. Yep. <laughs> I love them. That's a great response. I took them on the spread. I took them on the spread against the Buccaneers, and obviously that hit. Yep. And I think they can repeat that. Well, yeah, well, and I think what? they will be able to score on Dallas too. I don't. I don't think that this cover three thing that Dan Quinn does. Yep. Like Brady torched them in that torched them in that years ago. Like he used to torch them in that all the time. And but to me, a, like, but I, I, I know, I know it's different. I know it's Mac Jones. I just think that there's holes in that team. And that team has been incredibly lucky with turnover. I mean, incredibly lucky. They have a thousand turnovers. I don't think Mac Jones will put it in positions like that this week. I, I think he'll be calm, cool, collected. And I think they could probably run the football a little too. Hopefully. I don't, okay. I, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a make or break week really for them to see how good they really are. Well, like, it really is. And hopefully if they run the football, Damian Harris doesn't fumble it again. Right. I mean, it, it's just so many things. That, a lot of things have to go right, and maybe I'm crazy, but them at home, 430 game, just I, I, I just have I just have a feeling that Dallas is just going to revert back to what they've done in the past. I just have a feeling. Well, I'll say this. I mean, if, if I was picking the game and I, and I had the points, 
I probably would take the Patriots, figuring that Belichick will find a way to keep it close, and maybe you know, maybe they if they're going to lose, maybe they only lose by a field goal late. You know, I, I mean, I could see that, I guess, but I don't know. This this one just scares me. It scares me. It 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 scared us a lot last year too, when teams like the Cardinals came in, and teams teams would come in, and 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 you'd be like, oh, there's no way the Patriots yeah. can win this game, and they'd pull out wins like. Right. That it, it, it speak. I think they're getting better. I don't know if they're good enough to win this game. I I think they are. I think they are. But it, it's going to be very very tough. And I I think I just trust them to not do the stupid things more than I trust Dallas. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Last one. Monday night. Uh, Buffalo at Tennessee. This might be the highest scoring game of the week. Uh, Josh Allen on the road. They are a five and a half point favorite on the road at Tennessee. Talk about it. I mean, if I'll tell you what, if the, if if they if they cover, that's really a statement game. Bills. That's it. Like they're going to win this game. There's, really? There's no. I mean, there's, Titans are Titans. I do not see the Titans being able to hang in. This, this is that revenge game from last year, up that weird Tuesday night game right, right, yep. on COVID, like. Bills are rolling. Bills are the best team in football. Like, there's no question about it. Titans, <laughs> Titans defense is Swiss cheese. I mean, it's it's terrible. So it's Dan, terrible. Dan, I, Dan I, with I, the, I don't give the Titans any chance. Dan with the deep analysis on this. Yeah. One, one word. Bills. Bills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My friend, it has been great to have you back on once again, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to uh, do this every Friday. We we are going to be moving the studios at some point during the season, but we'll try to figure out a way to, to keep this thing going. And uh, I hope you'd have a better week picking games than you did last week. Me, Blanken, too. <laughs> you know, because you don't need uh, that on top of the finals. That's probably got it's probably got you heading to the liquor cabinet. Oh, you know, I, I've I've gone to, to the uh, the counter a time or two. There's no question about that. Just don't just don't tell the powers of be. That's all. All right, my friend. Good luck this week, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. God bless, Gene. Take care. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio.